The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with one of the most respected sports writers out there. I'm pleased to call him a good friend of mine and frequent co-host on the radio. He's Howard Beck. He's been covering the NBA for years, covered the Lakers for the LA Daily News, wrote for the New York Times, and has now been at Bleacher Report for the past four-plus years. Howard, what's the most unsettled you've ever felt hitting send on a story? <laughs> well, as somebody who was a beat writer covering a team for 16 years, you know, the, the seven on the Lakers and nine on the Knicks, to some extent, the answer to this question would be every single night that I filed a game story at the buzzer, because it's the most stressful thing that you can do as a newspaper beat writer is, is hit send going, I don't even know what I just wrote. I just, <laughs> I just hope that it was semi-coherent, uh, that there were no F-bombs in it, and that the editors don't completely like flip out as they're trying to rush it through to get it onto the presses. Um, but as I ponder this question... Um, I think the most, the most unsettled, the most, um, I don't know, just, I, I just get a little anxious would be a story back in 2004. This is my final year on the Laker beat. And that 03, 04 season, of course, was the year that the Lakers had brought together Kobe Bryant and Shaq. They were already there, of course, but brought in Carl Malone and Gary Payton. They had this big four. They're supposed to win another championship. Um, Kobe Bryant's pending free agency is hanging over them. Kobe Bryant's sexual assault trial is hanging over them. Um, the Shaq and Kobe infighting is, is at a, it's at its highest level because of a bunch of stuff they said about each other, uh, in the preseason. So it's a stressful season period. And in the midst of all that, there's all this speculation about is Kobe going to stay because he and Shaq hate each other at this point. And Kobe's going to be a free agent for, I think the first time actually, uh, in his career. And, there had been like little bits and pieces leaking out here and there, rumblings, speculation, the usual stuff. But this is a pre-Twitter age, so it's it's not quite as feverish as it, you know, as it, as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a story heading into All Star Week, heading into the All Star break, that basically related one 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 key fact. We can get into the assertions behind that fact, but one key fact, which is that Kobe had been threatening more and more internally. To everybody, team officials, coaches, teammates, anybody who would listen, Kobe Bryant had been spouting off about, I'm leaving. I'm out of here. I'm not staying. This this is it for me. I've had it. I've had it with Shaq. I'm done. And this had reached kind of a crescendo. And in the weeks leading toward the All-Star game, which happened to be in LA that year, I had been hearing this more and more. And so I reported in early February of 2004, Kobe Bryant is basically out of here. Um, we can get into whether or not the, 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 the assertion in the story is, is, as uh, should have been as strong as it was uh, in retrospect, but, but it was because I had, I think it was four people, three of whom were within the organization saying, yep, he is threatening this all the time, every day. Um, and so that story, um, it's the kind of thing you, you don't want to sit on too long. And it's the final game before the all-star break. I think we're in Houston and I'm thinking this is my last and only shot to try to get Kobe to respond. Um, there was a time in this business where you actually went to the subject of a story and said, Hey, (laughs) writing this, would you like to respond or is this true? 
And so I remember post game in Houston, Kobe's done the scrum. Everybody's, you know, moved away, moved on. And I, I do the circle back to say, Hey, Kobe, I, I got something else I really need to throw at you real quick. And I told him, I said, listen, I got a bunch of people telling me, you know, on the record, but anonymously that you're, but you've been saying you're going to leave. You're done. You're, you're, you're threatening to go this summer as a free agent. And he said something to the effect of, you know, that's BS and, you know, just denied it. And I said, okay, he's on the record. I've got, I got what I need from him. Wrote that story. I don't remember if it was immediately or a couple days later, um, after firming up, you know, just with, with various sources about what they'd been hearing. And we dropped the story shortly before the all-star game and which was in LA. So I knew it was going to blow up big because it's, because it was what it was, Kobe. Mm-hmm to leave and because everybody the entire league and all the media would be would be descending on la um and this would this was going to be a a huge deal and you know i didn't try to time it to the all-star game it just happened that that's when i started hearing a lot of this loudly enough that i thought it was time to report it um so yeah a story like that when you know there's going to be a lot of reverberations when it's involving a major uh figure on the team you're covering day in day out um, that one, I remember feeling, you know, pretty, uh, pretty anxious about feeling very certain about, you know, what I had, cause I know who was saying it. <laughs> um, and so I was very uh, confident in the information, but, uh, I knew there was a likelihood of this blowing up and, and, and backlash and denials. And, and that's always a really uncomfortable position because you, you know, as a reporter, what you wrote, why you wrote it why it was reliable, who the people were who, who were giving you this information. But you also know that when a major figure like Kobe Bryant, um, you know, is going to deny something emphatically and probably repeatedly over the course of All-Star Weekend when there's all these different media sessions, it's it's tough because everybody's just going to print those quotes verbatim and that's fine. Um, he's got the right to, to speak his piece and everybody else needs to report what he says. But it is always a little bit uncomfortable to be in that spot knowing that you know, everybody's now going to try to, you know, crap on the story. So what was your interaction like with Kobe at All-Star? So, <laughs> funny you should ask. Um, after I'd been at the Daily News for a few years covering All-Star multiple times, we got to a point where it was like, all right, look, it's a very long season. These guys go to the finals nearly every year. I work seven days a week and 31 days a month, basically, on this beat and their long days and you know, my only time to possibly get like a little bit of mental break is the all-star weekend. So there were a couple of years in a row where I basically said, I'm not doing all-star weekend. It's not worth the extra travel in, in most cases, not that year. Um, it's not worth the extra hassle. And so I had already, we had arranged months before we were going to take a couple of days. I was going to cover the game itself on Sunday, but I was not going to do all the Friday, Saturday nonsense. So I wasn't there. Did so. you get accused of ducking him? I don't think anybody did. And I will say this, I, 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 I'm, as a reporter, I'm squeamish about even like recalling this, that I wasn't there because it's one of those kind of golden rules of reporting, especially beat writing. Um, you report something tough on somebody, whether it's, you know, a report like this or whether it's just something critical of a guy's play or whatever it may be, you show up. You be there the next day. And, you know, look, I, I was on that beat for seven years. I was there nearly every single day. Mm-hmm. I don't think there were any questions about me being accountable to my reporting in general. But um, 
timing wise, you know, I had not intended to drop a story of that nature before leaving town for a couple of days, but that's just the way it worked out. And so I didn't like not being there. I also didn't want to cancel my plans to get away for a couple of days. And I was back, you know, in short order. But yeah, ideally, I would have been there for that first press conference on Friday so that Kobe, while denying it to everybody else, could I, I could be standing there looking him in the face as well just to say, you know, in, in, case it, in case it came up, in case he wanted to turn and say, Howard, you got it wrong. I could say, well, you know, four people who have heard you say this directly uh, say otherwise. Um, and not that you want a, a confrontation, but you 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 want to show that you're you're standing behind your reporting and that you're not. Uh, ducking anyone or anything. Um, so not ideal. I mean, you have a quote in the story, and, and, and you sent it to me this morning, the morning that we're recording this, it says, quote, he's absolutely going to leave. Everybody knows it. And then you talked about this being his unofficial farewell tour. So you brought it up earlier, so I'll ask it now. Should your assertions have been so strong in the story? It, I, I look back on it, and, you know, so before I answer that, the funny thing, Noah, is this. As I thought about this story, what I remembered of it here 14 years later, almost exactly, mm-hmm. um, what I remembered of it was the quotes. What I remembered of it was the people who I spoke to, and I, I can picture them in my head, and, and <laughs> how they, how, what they said and how they said it. I can hear their tone still, um, and how strongly they said it. And what I thought I remembered of the story was a story that basically, like if you had asked me, all right, I'm not, you know, I know you can't remember your lead word for word, but what do you think your story, the main thrust of it was? I would have said the main thrust of it was that Kobe Bryant was threatening to leave and was saying it really loudly and and that people believed it. What I wrote (laughs) was basically he's out of here. And looking back, I'm I'm kind of cringing a little bit at that. Like, wow, I I took the extra 2% or whatever of of interpretation there. I went from – we sometimes in, in journalism will talk about the difference between truth and facts, right? These are not necessarily the same thing. Um, it's a fact that these four people said Kobe is gone or that one of them in particular said Kobe, he, he's out of here. And it's a fact that four people said Kobe himself is saying this all the time. That's a fact. Is it true that he's actually leaving? That's different. And in, and in, and in journalism, we often deal in facts um, and, and not always, I don't want to say not always truth, but facts and truth aren't always the same thing. So I'm reporting the facts. The facts are that these people were saying this emphatically and that these were credible people who had heard it directly from Kobe. Was it true that he actually intended to leave? Because if you look back on it, and even at the time, you could say, is he saying this because he actually intends to leave? Or is is this all posturing because he's trying to force them to trade Shaq, which of course did eventually happen, um, whether it was by Kobe's hand or not, they did eventually trade Shaq after that season. Or third option, it was it possible that Kobe just in the moment stressed, angry, um, a lot of things going on with him. Was he just saying it just to spout off? Like, you know, who knows? You you can't get in Kobe's head then. You can't get in Kobe's head now. Um, But any of those things were possible. And the story, the framing that I should have used, if I'm looking back and being, you know, self-critical, which I am, it should have, I should have soft-pedaled it just a little more to make it clear that Kobe's threatening this a lot, and people within the Lakers absolutely believe it. The way I framed it was more like this is a, yeah, as you pointed out, I wrote it like as if it were a farewell tour at the All-Star game itself would be him basically like, you know, you know, doing mutual interviews with all these guys who from teams around the league, all these other players who, you know, he could be joining um, in a matter of months. 
So it was probably too strong. Um, and it, it, there, there should have been more couched in the, in the, in the, um, context of this is what he's saying and threatening to do and people believe it. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen. So, uh, I probably took it, like I said, a, a couple percent too far looking back. And finally then, did you, I'm sure you did speak to those sources afterwards. I mean, I'm sure there are people that you spoke to frequently and say, well, what happened? <laughs> um, no, not directly because, um, you know, nothing is clear really until, what was it? You know, six months later, five months later. Um, so a few things happened that summer, you know, first in June, they lose in the finals to the Pistons. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. Um, within a week or so after that, Phil Jackson is like, I'm gone. The, the Lakers decide they're not going to renew him. And so he's out. Shaq issues his trade demand and he gets traded. But a lot the same happening concurrently with all that was I was interviewing with the New York times. <laughs> so <laughs> I was, I was halfway so this out. This was your farewell story. This is your it, farewell tour. It was my farewell tour. Yeah. Maybe I was projecting. <laughs> um, I had initially interviewed with the times all around like January, February during a Laker road trip. Uh, I was in New York and had what was more of an informational meeting. And then i had had a follow-up where the, the sports editor of the times had met me in Boston for a more formal interview. And then they had put it all on hold and said, listen, when the playoffs are over, when the Lakers are out, come on out and, and do the, the two day marathon interview with everybody at the times that you need to talk to. Um, but when you get to that stage, you know that they're planning to hire you un- unless they find like some crazy skeleton in your closet or you you like blow the interview or something with the, the editor in chief or with the executive editor. So I knew I was going to be hired by the Times 99 percent. And so, you know, yeah, I, my head's halfway out the door. My feet are halfway out the door and I'm waiting for the finals to be over for the Lakers to be out so I can go do those interviews and get out. And so what happened was that late June, early July period where free agency is happening, where Shaq's trade is happening, where all this stuff's going on. I'm still working, but there was an end date uh, coming, and as soon as the Times offered me the job, that was it, because the, the, the Daily News owed me like weeks and weeks and weeks of comp time and vacation time, illegal comp time, by the way. Um, but still, they owed, they owed all that to me, and so I was, I was as soon as I could be off the, the schedule, I was going to be, um, and I needed to start like packing <laughs> and moving <laughs> cross-country, which happened within weeks. So... Yeah, as a matter of circumstance, there wasn't, there weren't those conversations necessarily immediately, or not that I recall. Um, but I will say this: um, a a fun coda to this story to me, and I'll always remember this too. Something else happened that year, um, later that that year, after I'm already settled in New York, which was that Phil Jackson's latest book came out in like October, November of that year. Right. He's now in 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 on sabbatical, retirement, pseudo retirement, whatever it is. And there's a, a page in Phil's book where he talks about how Kobe had spent the season threatening that he was going to leave <laughs> and, had, and had said it a lot. But Phil's book in 2004 uh, verifies, uh, you know, with no uncertainty, um, with, with absolute certainty that, that what I reported was exactly what was going on. Um, he wrote it himself. So I, I felt better about it when Phil's book came out. Um, and in the meantime, you know, listen – as people, if you go back and look at the reporting when Kobe re-upped with the Lakers in that summer after they traded Shaq, a couple things. One, they traded Shaq, which a lot of people believe did pave the way for Kobe to then stay. And if they had not traded Shaq, who knows what he would have done. And even 
despite them having traded Shaq, all the reporting at the time was that Kobe came down to the wire. Like he was this close as I'm holding my fingers, you know, uh, half inch <laughs> on a podcast. Um, Kobe was that close to joining the Clippers. And it, it, it was a serious, serious consideration. Now, whether he would have actually done it, who knows? But all the reporting at the time, and I think even from Jim Gray, who was one of Kobe's confidants at the time in the media, and Jim, I think, was the first one to report that, that day that he had, in fact, agreed to return to the Lakers and had notified Dr. Buss. I think, if I recall, that even his reporting was that, you know, it came down to the wire. There was a serious consideration to join the Clippers. They had Elton Brand at that time and that rest of that young crew. Like, they were, they had just started to enter respectability in, in that era. So um, I don't feel bad at all about um, the reporting. Um, I, I, there's, there's nothing that has happened that, that happened that year or that has happened since to undermine any of it. As I say, and, and to your question earlier, and it's the right question, like I think I, think I wrote it a little too strongly, um, but the people who were telling me he's threatening this all the time, that he says he's out, there's no question that that happened, and there's no question that he was serious about it at the time, even if he did ultimately decide to stay. Howard, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Thank you. This isn't exclusive to sports or even journalism. I've had that feeling, and I'm sure many of you have too, just hitting send on something to a boss, a colleague, a girlfriend, or boyfriend— It's that feeling that doesn't go away with just one deep breath, but if you're confident in what you sent is steeped in facts, and in some cases the strongest of personal feelings, then it works out over time, just not as quickly as some of us would like. Ever experienced something like this, in journalism or otherwise? Want to talk about it? Continue the conversation with Howard and me on Twitter. He's at Howard Beck. I'm at Noah Kozlov, C-O-S-L-O-V. You can read all of Howard's work on BleacherReport.com and subscribe to his weekly NBA podcast, The Full 48. If you enjoyed this episode, ratings and reviews mean a lot. So please take 30 seconds to do that on iTunes. And if you didn't like this one, go back and listen to a bunch of others until you hear one that makes you want to click five stars and write a line about how great it is. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit VocalNow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>